Hi, this is William Carter, and this is Assignment 2 for SAL 640, Managing Sport Organizations. Uh, so for this um, uh, podcast or topic, I'm going to be talking about conflict management. Uh, it's one of the topics that we've discussed so far in this class. So um, before we get too much into the details of uh, the definition of conflict, um, one that I found online that I liked um, is where I'm going to start off. So I think the easiest definition of con that is groups or individuals. Um, the conflict begins when some disagreement um, between parties. It often begins um, through a difference of behaviors, interests, desires, or values. Um, and conflict can easily begin um, through jealousy or personal dislike of a person. So many ways that conflict can start, um, but it is very important to know as a manager um, and working in any organization, but specifically in sport organizations as well. All right, and next I'd like to look, um, kind of referring to the slides um, for week four um, from the class. The horizontal versus vertical conflict, I think, is important to understand uh, when you're dealing with conflict management as well. So um, from the slides, horizontal conflict uh, occurs between subunits or those individuals representing subunits uh, that are on the same level of organization or organizational hierarchy. Um, so horizontal conflict could be between players, um, for instance, because one player would have a problem with another and that's conflict. Or it could be the coaches have um, two assistant coaches are having issues with each other. Or uh, in an athletic department, it could be uh, marketing is having an issue with um, facilities kind of thing, a conflict between um, horizontal departments. Um, the next would be vertical conflict. Um, and that conflict arises between different hierarchy levels uh, in a sport organization. So industrial relations theorists focus on this type of conflict because it is the inevitable power differential found in the workplace. Uh, so vertical, it would be um, your managers or coaches would have a conflict with their players. Um, so that horizontal from, or the vertical from up to down. Um, or it would be uh, a head coach of a sport and then their sport supervisor, such as a athletic director or assistant athletic director, depending on their role. So I think when you're dealing with conflict, uh, the first place you have to look with conflict management is whether it's a horizontal conflict or a vertical conflict. After kind of defining conflict management, um, doing some research on conflict management, uh, I found there was typically five styles of conflict management. Um, different websites told me that, um, as well as a slide. So those conflict management styles, um, the five of them are competing, compromising, collaborating, avoiding, and accommodating. So with these five, um, there's different assertive levels and cooperation levels um, that kind of determine on the conflict management style that you are as a manager.
So this is a style where you simply put uh, the other party's needs before your own. So uh, you allow them to win, in other words. So you're accommodating uh, during this conflict. So if you're having a conflict with a teammate uh, and they want to do it this way, um, you're willing to kind of give in to doing it this way this time to see if it works or if it's something you know it's going to fail, you're still accommodating just to let them uh, have the thought that they win this process. Um, so the second one is avoiding. Um, so this style, it's to reduce conflict by ignoring it. So I think this is typically the easiest um, to do because if you try to avoid a situation, you're kind of hoping that the conflict itself goes away on its own. So by ignoring it or avoiding it, um, you're hoping that the party or the conflict between the two parties kind of just goes away on its own. The third um, would be compromising. So um, this style of conflict management, you try to find the middle ground between the two parties. So if you're a head coach, um, if for this example, and you have two players that are kind of fighting or have a conflict, um, you try to find the middle ground where you can get a little bit of input from both of them and try to see where you guys can agree to meet in the middle. And it's not this side versus that side. You guys kind of come together as a team and compromise to deal with this conflict rather than it's uh, he won versus they won kind of thing. The fourth conflict management style is competing. So in the competing style, you reject uh, the compromise um, and involves not giving in to the other viewpoint. So for the competing style, this is where the parties um, are not going to compromise one another and you decide that it's kind of my way or the highway style. So you reject the compromise and it's my uh, viewpoint is the best viewpoint. Um, and then the fifth style is collaboration. So in collaboration, um, the best long-term uh, usually produces the best long-term results. At the same time, it is often most difficult um, and time-consuming. Um, so with collaboration, you're actually sitting down, kind of breaking down the process of the conflict and try to make it the best win-win solution for everybody involved. So there's collaboration from the two parties and potentially a supervisor. Um, there may be some uh, multiple parties to try to collaborate to get the best out of the situation. So those are the five typical styles for conflict management. So now let's look a little closely at conflict management as it relates to kind of this class and managing conflict in sport. Um, so I would have to say um, this is very important for um, the horizontal team kind of related conflicts. Um, it's very important to make sure the team gets along, to make sure everybody is working on, all, on the same page so the team is more successful, as well as horizontally, the kind of team buys into the coach's philosophy and the coach's style so they can have the best performance from the coaching and the player's perspective. So um, when managing conflict in sport, I think it's important to have critical conversations. Um, the critical conversation is the best way um, to kind of plan the action going into these conversations. So how do you communicate with your side um, so everybody views the conflict um, the same way so everybody kind of understands the problem but also allows each party to kind of express themselves. So having critical conversations and not just kind of avoiding them I think is very important. With the critical or crucial conversation, um, I kind of got this from the Bo Hansen kind of athlete assessment uh, sport management kind of dealing with conflict side of things. So the first they say is to share your facts. So sharing your facts to begin the critical conversation is important. So um, it's see it from your perspective on how you see things from each sides of the party so everybody understands where they're coming from. 
the second be to tell your story. So tell your side of the story, drawing rational conclusions um, from the correct facts. So um, the third would be ask for others' paths. So what other ways um, do you see kind of the conflict occurring and what other, um, if you see it one-sided, how do you see the other side kind of thing? So I had a, a previous kind of coworker who helped me kind of see things differently to always see a, a different side of things and not just your side of the story. The third is ask for others' paths. So what other recommendations or how do they see the problem or the conflict and how can it best be addressed to everybody? The fourth is talk tentatively. So you also don't want to come off as being strong and aggressive when you're dealing with conflict management. So if you can talk tentatively, um, be a little bit willing to listen and understand everybody's side of the story and not just your own. And then encourage testing. So encourage testing is the fifth. Um, it's actively inviting, encourage others party to share their side of the story. So you're encouraging their side to see if their side works. Um, so you're kind of splitting up the difference to try to see if you guys can come up to an agreement and how to handle the situation. Um, kind of getting low on time, so I kind of want to move on to the next subject. So um, I wanted to look at the cost of sport conflict. So I thought this was a key area that I uh, found when I was doing some research. So the cost of sports and conflicts. So um, what could that mean? That could mean many things depending on the conflict. So as a head coach, if you're having some uh, HR complain about you that you're hazing or bullying your players, um, it could be a very costly effect. You could lose your job. The sport could get suspended. You could get NCAA um, suspensions and stuff. So it could be very costly. So when you're looking at conflict management as a manager of an organization, of an athletic director, coach, you really have to look and how is it going to affect the team? How is it going to affect the department or even the university or the whole organization? So when you look at the cost of sport conflict, it's definitely an area that you want to keep in mind when you're dealing with conflict management. All right. So now I just want to briefly mention some of the um, the resources that I use. So I used uh, the DISC profile and the coach's guide for managing sport conflict, uh, the Bo Hansen article. Um, I used the week four uh, PowerPoint slides from this class, specifically for the vertical and horizontal conflicts. Um, I used the Sports uh, Conflict Institute uh, website. It had different articles and sections on there, but I referred to the uh, conflict management in sports as well as the cost of sport conflict in that one and then I also referred to um, the people hum website um, for conflict management to get some definitions as well as um, another website called the um, Valimus um, on conflict management style so I'll kind of drop those in the notes section as well for my references <laughs>